Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Hello, friends and neighbors. This is December. This is late night, cold outside. This is the next episode of Too True to Lie with Harry Day. I'm not using my mic this evening. I'm using my phone, straight voice to phone. I've only, I think I've recorded one before like this. Um, when I was on the Gulf Coast, I got a little country music, <clears throat> honky st- honky stonk, the honky tonk station in the background, and I feel like it would fit, it would mesh, it would coincide with tonight's subject, which I just thought of moments ago, when I decided maybe I should knock out. A new episode. I haven't been doing as many as I normally do. Um, It's been early, early mornings. I've been falling asleep early in the evenings. And I just hadn't had the time to do my midnight episodes. So, I'm carving out some time, laying here in my bed. And we are going to discuss... How to Clean a Deer. This is, after all, a Southern cultural show. And I rarely stick to the program of Southern culture. Although I am, in essence, Southern cultured. Having grown up in the South. Having lived in the South. And... Having immersed myself in Southern culture to the point where I know Southern culture is better than West Coast culture, Northwest U.S. culture, Northeast U.S. culture, Midwest culture, East Coast culture, Canadian culture, Mexican culture, West Indies culture probably would be fun, fishing, blue water. But you just, Mississippi, Louisiana, you cannot beat the food. Southern Louisiana just knocks it out. It gets no better. Mississippi has the soul food and the country food. If you've ever been to a family reunion in Mississippi or Louisiana, you have found the best American food in North America. And it may not always have deer, but I can say I have had deer. I have hunted deer most of my life. I have shot a lot of deer. And I have become somewhat of an expert in cleaning the deer, processing the deer, cooking the deer, 
And anybody can eat it. You know, you put it in your mouth and chew, right? Don't choke. If you, you know, if you have an issue with choking, have a friend there or a chair with a high back that you can lean over and dislodge whatever's in your throat. So without further ado, let's clean a deer. Um, let's say I grab my son's little single shot 243. That's a rifle. .243 caliber bullet. And I walk back past my neighbor's house, continue to go back alongside the top part of the lake to a little tripod stand I have. And I sit up in the tripod stand, and I wait a while. Usually it's pretty late, getting to be dark before deer kind of creep out. Well, two deer come out. One is a six-point, but not a legal buck to shoot under Mississippi law. So I have to let it pass. Well, while it's passing, it notices me move just a little bit. And so it was only enough movement for it to be curious. So it's keeping its eye on me. Well, behind it is another deer. And it is a spike, except its spikes are short for the size of this deer and laid back along its skull like someone had pushed him back and they stayed against the hairline. That's considered a cull deer. It will not grow a nice set of horns, at least nothing typical or extraordinary. Cull deer are typically shot. When the six-point went out of sight, I made a little noise while this deer was walking in front of me and murk. Stopped, I shot it in the neck. Most people say you shoot your deer behind the front shoulder. Well, a heart of a deer is only so big, a little bit bigger than a fist, a big fist. If you miss that fist and lung shoot it, it's going to run off, it's going to die, but you're going to have to go find it. You're going to have to trail the blood. It could go 80 yards. It could go 300 yards. So I shoot him in the neck. When you shoot a deer in the neck, it falls down dead right there. Sometimes I shoot him in the head, depending on the shot. You know, with does or cull deer. Um, usually nice antler deer I'll shoot in the neck. Very rarely do I take a body shot unless that's the only shot I have or it's a long-distance shot. So now my deer is down. So I get on my cell phone, and I call my 12-year-old son, Ethan. And I say, hey, I shot a deer. And he goes, yay. And I'm like, get in the golf cart and come back towards the uh, first food plot at the end of Frog Run, which is a, a ditch of water along the, the road that goes to the first food plots and you get to the deer hunting area that goes on back for a ways. I'm in the very front. So I hear him right away coming, bouncing down the road and you know, missing the mud holes. And my golf cart has one of those little beds on the back, like a pickup bed on the back, sort of. 
And so he pulls up next to the deer, and I grab its hind legs, and I stand in the back of the golf cart bed, and I pull it up in there. Boom. We drive back to my shop here by the house, and I get my four-wheeler in place, and I take the winch, and I pull the winch cable out and run it over a rafter and back down, and I made a gamble of my metal shop. A gamble is what you hook between the two hind legs where you cut the slits at the rear knee between the knee and the large tendon. There's this flat flap of skin. You cut the holes in it, you stick the hooks in either side, and then you winch it up off the ground. So now you have your deer hanging. You find a five-gallon bucket or an old cooler or a garbage can, depending on the size of the deer. And you get some sharp knives. You need more than one. So you get your sharp knives. And you ring underneath the joint of the hind leg hanging. You ring the deer. You can cut the meat if you want. But you ring the fur all the way around without cutting that back thick tendon because it'll just drop to the ground that's what's holding it up you do it to both legs then if your knife has what's considered a gut hook it looks like a bird beak or a hook you you hook it inside the that ringed leg and you pull down along the inside of the leg toward the crotch and it splits the hair and you go to the other leg and do the same thing and bring it to the center either below the female teats are below the male cock and balls. <laughs> and then at that point, you bring it all the way down the, fr- the stomach and the chest, a lot of white hair, this is the underbelly, and all the way as far down the neck as you can get it. Now what I do at this point is take a sharp knife, the sharpest knife I have, And where the bullet holes go through the neck, I cut the fur, and I cut the skin, and I cut the muscle, and I cut the windpipe, and I cut the veins and arteries, and that's when it starts to bleed out. If it hadn't bled out enough already out in the field while waiting on a ride or going to get your four-wheeler or golf cart to pick up your deer, if it hadn't already dropped its blood out there, which there's a lot of blood in the deer, When you cut the neck, it comes out. You catch it in your bucket because you don't want it all over your shop floor. Even though my shop floor is dirt, the dogs will come in and lick it up and eat the dirt and the blood at the same time. And then they'll not get sick, but they'll probably throw up or poop out uh, buddy blood turds. (laughs) I'm just saying. You try to police up all the excesses of cleaning your deer so now that we've done that we take a sawzall with a decent blade and you saw off the head and you drop it in the bottom of the bucket and you let it you not then you give it time to drain out as much blood as possible and as it's draining in the bucket you could start loosening the skin with your knife around the upper the rear legs underneath where the uh teat bag or the C&Bs are, you cut that free and pull it back over the rear, over to the tail, 
where you can see the underside of the hindquarters clearly. And then you start loosening the skin around the legs, around the legs, without cutting through the skin, because I get the skin in one whole piece. And I either give it to my neighbor Greg to put in chair bottoms, or like my son's deer, he shot Thanksgiving Day, we're going to send it off and have it cured and make a little little deer throw rug or throw blanket. It won't be real big, but it was a nice-sized doe. So now I'm removing the skin. When you get to the tail, just above the anus, you have to cut down with a heavy blade pretty hard to cut through the bone in the tail at a joint. And once that's free, you can pull the tail and the skin down the back freely, cutting if it won't pull. You can pull it and go pretty far. But where it won't pull away from the membrane against the body, you just use your knife and cut it free. And so now we're moving it down the back. We go on the inside. We loosen the skin away from the body and bring it down the sides. And before we go all the way down, you got to go down to the front legs and wring the front legs where the muscle gets to the second joint on both legs. And then take your gut hook and zip that towards the neck so you have a line. And then... It's going to be kind of bloody messy down there where you shot it through the neck. So you just, you can't be squeamish. And you get in there and you cut away, loosening the skin away from the legs, letting it fold back on both sides, and then bringing it away from the front of the body of the deer. And then you can go back to the top where you've been bringing your skin down about halfway down the back, and you keep pulling it, and you keep pulling it, and you, and you, cut the membrane and keep pulling it all the way down until it's to the neck and it's going to be a little difficult to get free down there but I'm not too worried personally about how much skin I lose on the neck so you just get as far as you can and then you know you're going to come into some bloody morass and you cut it all free and then you cut some of that bloody you know useless muscle free and drop that in the bucket you roll your skin up once it's free of the deer tail still attached i usually throw them over a rafter sometimes i'll roll them up and just take them right away to greg's to put in his fridge or freezer i've got one hanging in my rafter now i've got one in the freezer so now our deer has no skin Usually you don't cut the lower legs, the front legs off right away because you need them to hold the deer steady with your legs because from the cable it's going to spin a little bit sometimes and turn until the upper legs catch the cable of the winch or the uh, crossboard that the winch cable goes over up in the rafters. So you leave those legs down you put one leg in against it and then one leg in against the other where you can hold them open a little bit you get your gut hook and you go up near where the uh genitalia was and you you without cutting deep cut free where it all comes together and connects right in front of where the genitalia was and it'll open up the interior cavity and so you just start pulling that away, cutting that back, and you zip it down. And you have to be ready now 
for, because the guts are going to start just wanting to roll out of the opening when you get low. So you zip down. They're ready to come out. So you zip down a little further. You might want to get a heavy knife and cut into the rib cage a little ways down. But you don't have to cut it all the way down like some people do. Because if your guts are intact because you didn't body shoot it, they're intact. They're not messed up. They're not intermingled. They're not nasty and stinky as much as if they were gut shot. So... All the entrails attach underneath the spine along the underside of the spine and the back of the deer. So towards the top, you start cutting it free away from the underside of the spine. As you do so, the kidneys and the fat fall forward. Keep going. The guts start coming out and then the liver. Keep going down the lungs. you got to open up those cavities because that's a sealed off open air area. And you have a lot of, a lot of thin membrane that looks like muscle, but it's only like a, gosh, a sixteenth of an inch thick. You start trimming that away. Sometimes you just cut it out away from it all in flaps and drop it in the bucket. But now your entrails are, are tumbling out. So you're reaching down inside the cavity and cutting it away down on the back of the backbone. And it's all coming loose. And then you got to reach way down in there and cut the heart free. That's at the very front of the chest. And then you can grab anything down there and pull. And it all pulls free. And gravity takes over and starts pulling it out. And then it's connected by some of that interior membrane that lines the entrails and keeps them together inside the body cavity. So you take your knife and you cut around the rib cage on the edge of the back of the rib cage and bring that last connection of entrail at the base of the rib cage, cut it free, floop into the bucket. Now it's gutted. Now, you may have some blood still collected at the very bottom, hanging there of the cavity where the heart was. So, usually I just take a knife and jab it from the underside of the neck, jab a hole in between a rib or, or whatever, turn the blade sideways, maybe do it on the other side and turn the blade sideways, and whatever's in there drains out into the bucket. So then you have all the entrail out. Now we just have our deer carcass. First, you grab a hind leg and you get your sawzall and where you rang it, rang the, uh, did a ring around the leg, you sawzall the bone off and cut the foreleg off. Do the same to the other one. Then you hold what's left of the foreleg, what's left of the leg, out. And underneath there's a lot of, um, well, it looks like fat, but it's not. It's a lot of air-pocketed membrane, and you just cut through it. And there is no joint in the front legs. There is a cartilage-like shoulder blade. So you cut up to that and around it and down the body a little bit to get some, some of that muscle off the uh outer rib cage and you have a leg free do the same to the other side it's really easy throw them in a cooler you don't throw them in the dirt you don't throw it on top of surfaces that aren't clean you have a cooler ready you drop it in a clean cooler you had your legs in there now 
Now you turn them around, you dr drop your winch cable about a half foot or a foot so you can work, and you cut out the back straps. Those are the muscles along the spine on the outside. There's a ridge down the center of the back. So you put your blade in next to the ridge and you cut in as deep as it'll go until it hits rib and bring it all the way down to the neck. Then you have to fold it out and slowly cut underneath and cut it free away from the ribs. And when you can get a good grip of it, you can go in from the other side along the ribs and put your blade in flat and slice it down. And as you work your way down, the back strap comes out and it's a big muscle it's prime meat and you go as far down into the neck as you can if it's not shot and bloody you don't want any gelled meat or blood you want to throw that away so you go down until you get just short of that if there is any cut it free and you got a big long back strap throw it in the cooler do the same with the other back strap throw it in the cooler now you look at your neck, what's left of it, and see if there's any salvageable meat that hasn't been shot through, didn't have bone splinter, that didn't bloody gelled mess, and you cut it away and you drop it in your cooler. Now you turn the deer carcass around to where you can look to the interior again. And above the rib cage and the cavity against the upper backbone, meaning going towards the back of the deer, there are two loin muscles. Those are prime muscles. They're not real big. They're almost like a forearm muscle, but shorter. And you trim away some fat. There'll be fat around them. There'll be hard fat. There'll be gelled fat, depending on the deer and the health. You trim that away, and then you just kind of slice in down into the deer along the side of the muscle and behind it from both sides. And you cut it free, and at the top you slice, bring it out, bring the second one out. I usually don't put those in the cooler. I put those on top of something because they're going to go into a, a bag of marinade or get cut up for uh, tenderized deer steaks to fry. Excellent meat there. Excellent meat, people. So now we've got all the meat from the front legs and the neck. And we have the rib cage. I don't do anything with the ribs. I give them to my neighbor. We go up before we hit to the hindquarters, which is the, the butt. The two butts or the hindquarters. So we get a sawzall and we cut through just where the spine goes into the butt. And you have free your rib cage. That goes to my neighbor or that goes into the Big Black River with the entrails and the head. Then we have all that's left are our two hindquarters. We take a sawzall and we sawzall them in half. There's different ways to do it. I usually just saw it in half, however, because it doesn't matter. When I go to process this, I cut the meat away and throw the bones in my little catfish pond back behind the house. I don't know how many deer bones are back in there, but every time I clean a deer, four legs go in there or four hind, four quarters.
chin itched. Let's have some, let's take a break after cleaning that deer and getting a little dry throat and have some of our Arizona green tea. Oh, that's good. Now, um, sometimes you can, I put water, cold water in the cooler and let it sit and it draws the blood out. And then you drain it, maybe do it again, depends on how long you want to hold it in there. No longer than two days. Less is better. Sometimes we go buy ice and pack it in ice. That's usually a better way to do it. You don't want to let it go long. You don't want to let it start to smell. So now we have our deer in the cooler. Here in the kitchen, I get out a large cutting board and a sharp knife made by Kiwi out of Taiwan or Thailand. I think Thailand. And then I get a large plastic bowl and another smaller plastic bowl. And just one leg at a time, you start cutting the meat away and cutting the fat and the sinew away and putting the fat and sinew in the little bowl and the red meat in the big bowl. This takes hours to do two hind quarters. Those take a long time. That's a lot of meat. The two front quarters don't have as much meat. Doesn't take quite as long. But you get all your meat, you get as much as the membrane and as much as the fat pockets, which are usually hard fat. It's not good for cooking or eating. It's tallow. It's good for candle making. <clears throat> I don't make candles. All that goes into the catfish pond. They eat meat. They don't complain. They're fish. So I've got all my meat free into a large container or two now I've gone and found some beef fat or beef trimmings from the grocery store the Kroger in Madison won't sell me any but the Piggly Wiggly in Canton usually will give it to me for free last time they gave me 20 pounds for free or, and that's a lot of beef fat. That's what I've been using with these first two deer this season was leftover beef fat from last season. And I typically get my grinder out, put on the medium plate with the holes, and run my deer through the grinder, about 80% deer, 20% beef fat. This is beef fat that comes off all the steaks and roasts and whatever else that's beef that they sell. The butchers back there cut it away and they just put it in these boxes. Usually they throw it away, I imagine, unless they want them. I go in there and they give it to me. Sometimes they have to sell it at $0.95 cents a pound. And, you know, that's nothing for a lot of beef fat. Um... So I'm putting it through the grinder, making a good mix of, uh, you know, several chunks of of deer muscle with a piece of beef fat until it all goes through into this big boiling tub I have. I guess you'd say it would go, it could go on a, 
It could go on a stovetop, but it looks more like a crawfish boil pot. You know, one of those big, deep pots. And like today, when I did this very process of processing my own deer burger, it filled up about three quarters of the way with ground deer burger. But I changed out the plates on the grinder and put in the big hole plate that lets more meat through when it grinds instead of chopping it smaller. And then I put the whole grind through again and it makes the chunkier grind a more burger-like uniform grind and it mixes the fat with the beef better because I don't put it all through the same way I mix it up a little bit and then once I do that I put it in one to two pound bags ziplock ziplock it up write a name for it like Eberg will probably be the batch that I've got to bag up tomorrow, and then the and the date twenty for twenty twenty. I think I got twenty pounds, maybe more, of deer burger in there. Maybe twenty four pounds of deer burger. I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't weigh any of it. I've gotten to where I can just do this by the eye and the hand. So, ladies and germs, that is how we shoot clean process deer into deer burger it'd be different with deer sausage you don't cut it with beef fat you cut it with pork i cut it with more 60 40 deer to pork or 50 50 even but you know you you want a you want a good amount mixture of each and then you find your recipe for sausage i do sweet italian brown sugar lots of fennel you know, pepper, some salt. There's 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 lots of different uh, uh, recipes out there for how you can season your sausage. I'm, I like breakfast sausage, but I make Italian sausage. That's sweet Italian sausage, or just plain Italian sausage. Whew! How long did that take? Let's have a look. 30 minutes, not bad. Um, I hope the sound quality was better. The phone at times was farther away from my uh, vocal opening than I believe I usually do with my mic that's back behind this wall here in the Big Black River studio at my PC. I'm going to have to think of a good outro song that has a little bit to do with uh, grinding your deer. I don't know. Maybe I'll just throw a song in that I feel like playing. You know, there's no there's no certain theme theory. There's no uh, recipe. What's the word I'm looking for? There's no formula for this show but I get a fair amount of listeners and and I sure do appreciate y'all I really do y'all are good people I hope that my little show that I do for fun it's a therapy 
I hope it's helped y'all with y'all's 2020. This year's been a real nut kicker. And uh, I don't know how bad y'all's has been, but mine was pretty bad. But I'm thankful to still be here. And I'm thankful to have what I have. And I'm thankful to not have what I don't have because I must not need it if it ain't here. At least in the moment. Now it's time to say, be good neighbors, be good family members, say yes sir, yes ma'am to anybody. I don't care if it's a younger girl at a cash register. Say yes ma'am, be polite, smile to these people and let them know that you're a kind soul and they can smile and be kind too because it spreads it's contagious it's a beautiful thing and the only other thing I can possibly bring up right now in this long long bloody rant is the word that we all want for everyone especially in this Christmas season Christmas is two weeks away roughly I want y'all to live with peace. I live back in the woods, you see. A woman and the kids and the dogs and me. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive. And a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. I can plow a field all day long I can catch catfish from dusk till dawn Make our own whiskey and our own smoke too Ain't too many things these old boys can't do We grow good old tomatoes and homemade wine And country boy can survive Country folks can survive Because you can't starve us out And you can't make a run Those little old boys raised on shotguns We say grace and we say man If you ain't into that We don't give a damn We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the western skies And we can skin a buck, we can run a trot line And a country boy can survive California and South Alabama and little towns all around this land. We can skin a buck and run a truck line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive.